Hello and welcome to another episode of Copper Bottomed, the genuine and trustworthy show all about copper. Uh, I'm <laughs> recording now, the week after, the week after, so to speak. So I um, recorded a version of this on uh, in the week starting the 15th of January, but for some reason the soundtrack didn't work and so I've got to re-record it, uh, which means that I'm actually going to be talking now on the week starting the 22nd of January about news that came out two weeks ago on the 8th of January. But I will try and make it snappy, I will try and make it brief, and I'll try and make it relevant to the future, even though the news is a couple of weeks old. I, th I hope that I will be able to convey some useful information. So let's get on with it. Um, it says at the top there, the week starting the 15th of January, um, that is now a bit out of date. But essentially, the mood in the copper market hasn't changed. Uh, copper price weakness around $373, $375 a pound. And um, a few headlines picked up by the uh, newswires really kind of describe it quite well. So, for example, London copper dipped on Wednesday last week, uh, weighed down by pressure from a stronger dollar, while caution prevailed ahead of key economic data. So we're getting weak economic news out of China. We've got a strong dollar pressure on the copper price. You may remember from the previous copper bottom that I also spoke about how the copper industry has delivered 3% annual growth over the last 30 years and how I believe that that is going to be a real challenge going forwards. To that point, we're seeing Antofagasta showing 2% growth, which is less than 3%, um, and BHP putting a 7% year-on-year growth in their copper output. So these big guys, they're pretty good at uh, pumping out the, the metal when they've got it up and running. But forward-looking, lower grades, inflation on infrastructure, um, higher cost of capital, it's all going to weigh on the, and, and of course deeper deposits, it's all going to weigh on the copper supply picture. And Kachilko, the Chilean Copper Commission, put out a 10-year forecast saying exactly that. So they um, say that compared with last year's 10-year forecast, due to the delay of projects under construction, uh, Chilean copper production will grow at a slower rate this decade. There we go. Um, some projects have actually fallen off the 10-year horizon. Uh, they are looking at an annual rate of 1.7% from 2023. Now, remember, this is the largest copper-producing country in the whole world. It's looking at it, the, the Kachilko is looking at it at a national level. Um, and Cadelco, the state copper giant, has got the lowest production um, in 25 years due to structural uh, delays in structural projects aimed at counteracting the drop in ore grade. This is real. It's happening. Copper supply is under pressure. Right. Go explorers. Um, well, go explorers and go developers. Um, the other uh, kind of market news that I wanted to pick up on was the headline produced by QC Copper and Gold, uh, which is uh, QC Copper and Gold. QC Copper presents Canada's highest grade open pit copper deposit with Opamisca's updated mineral resource estimate. I like this asset and I, I, I like the ore group and I like Stephen Stewart. And if you look at that market capitalization, $23 million for this size asset, this grade asset in Quebec, you can pretty much hand on heart say this is a mispriced asset. Now, if you look at the share price chart, it's kind of gone sideways uh, with a few lumps and bumps here and there over the past three, uh, two years, two to three years. So there's not a short-term catalyst for re-rating. Uh, it's now firmly in the kind of the orphan period of the Lausanne curve. So 
picking a moment when this is going to re-rate is extremely hard. However, because it's a misplaced asset, and if you believe in fundamentals, then the price should change to reflect those fundamentals. So what have they got? They've got 97 million tons uh, containing about, uh, I, I work in metrics, so that's about 794,000 tons of copper um, and uh 845,000 ounces of gold, and it's a good grade. Now, the the the, the grade, they've got a starter pit at 1.1% copper equivalent. I know that I, I often dislike copper equivalent figures, but in this case, it's absolutely pertinent and right to use it because they've got a resource and they've got 50 years of metallurgical history, so they know exactly what the payability um, is of this metal, of what the gold and the silver is, because this was a, a prior operating underground mine. Right, lovely graphic in their presentation here showing that Opamiska is the highest grade uh, open pitable, well, the highest grade, uh, yes, open pitable uh, resource in Canada with uh, over 600,000 tons of contained copper. So they've obviously kind of looked at the larger end of things. And you've got all of these low, low grade um, BC porphyries. Good luck. Um, but this is in Quebec, which has got lots and lots of... Um, favorable financial incentives and uh, hydropower, etc. So really good re um, release, uh, mispriced asset. Yes, uh, they're at the orphan period of the Lausanne curve. Yes, uh, they've still got the thorny issue of dealing with some of the housing in the town that is right up to the edge of the proposed pit. But um, I think this is uh, this is poised for a re-rate at some stage. So um, good luck to them. And uh, I'd like to see ongoing progress and uh, be really interesting to see what the valuation comes out or what the numbers uh, from that PEA um, um, puts out. I think that'll be a step change as well. Good. Uh, on to the explorers, the weekly highlights, the copper intercepts for the week. Again, remember, this is uh, a report from the 15th of January, the last week on uh, intercepts the previous week. So we've got NGX, um, Minerals, American Eagle Gold, American Pacific, Ivanhoe Electric, Pacific Ridge Exploration, Arizona Sonoran Copper, Vulcan, Pan Global, and B Metals. Lots of good numbers in there. I mean, just look at that. Really, anything above 20 is pretty impressive uh, in terms of grade meters. And we've got one, two, three, four, five, six with uh, close to 200 or above in terms of grade meters. These are punchy numbers this week, um, possibly related to the start of the year. You know, these are the sometimes companies just manage their, their news flow to start the year with a bang. Well, we've certainly seen that um, this time. We start off with NGX. NGX Minerals Limited. Um, when I did this last week, the share price was $7.55. It's now close to uh, $8.00. I think, or $7.80, um, market capitalization of $1.5 billion. And look at that capital growth. That comes from doing good exploration and finding good stuff. Um, it's a Lundin mining company or a Lundin family company. Um, Voitex being part of that group forever, the CEO. No guts, no glory is the is the motto, the strap line. That's an Adolf Lundin uh, phrase. I interviewed Voitex about a year ago. Crackerjack company, really, really good. However, there's more than meets the eye. So let's have a look at this. 62 meters at 7% copper equivalent. I don't like the equivalents because you, well, you and it's particularly pertinent in this case because of the mineralogy. 
Um, but anyway, let's let's run with it for a bit. So they've got 62 meters at high grade with 26 meters at very high grade and four and a half meters at even higher grade and six and a half meters at super, super 26% copper equivalent from 188 meters. Really, really, really good stuff. Um, and it's all within 128 meters at 4% copper equivalent from 144 meters downhole. So these are these, these are stellar numbers. And you can see from the cross section here, these kind of sheeted veins, this looks like the top of something. There's going to be a bulk tonnage uh, target in here, which is going to have a much lower average grade, but the payability is going to come from the, uh, the high grade intercepts. Uh, Wojtek, the president and CEO says, our second campaign at drilling at Luna Wasi is well underway and we're excited about these initial results. Not just you, mate, that's the market too. Not only are we demonstrating the size and the continuity of our new high-grade discovery, but we're beginning to understand the orientations of the zones and the overall deposit geometry. Okay, they talk about three main mineralized structures which are trending north-northeast and dipping steeply to the west. So here we go, north-northeast here, dipping steeply to the west. The mineralized structures are comprised of ledges defined by zones of intense silicification, brecciation, stockwork, and veins. What you may recall was that this used to be called Potro Cliffs. And if you go into the presentation, you can see some truly stupendous photography, which was great for your mountaineering holidays, but less good for driving around and ease of access if you're an explorer. This is rugged, high, difficult terrain. It's it's monstrous and so they've changed the name from the slightly kind of potro cliffs to the little bit more benign um um luna wasi but my goodness this is difficult and expensive work up there but that's fine they're extremely well financed company and they're um, extremely capable company um <clears throat> the other thing which really struck me is Copper mineralization occurs primarily in enargite with lesser covalite as breccia fillings. Disseminations, veinlets, and massive pyrite enargite veins up to several meters in width. Okay, so covalite is a copper sulfide and enargite is a copper arsenic sulfate. It's a, it's a brute of a mineral. It comes with arsenic and you've got to either roast it in a roaster which can trap the, the arsenic trioxide coming off the top or the arsenic coming off the top and kind of put it into a stable arsenic trioxide, or you've got to do pressure oxidation and or um, bioxidation. So this, to me, smacks of metallurgical complexity ahead, which makes me think, never use a copper equivalent, please. Um, and also, it's going to be really expensive. So this is high, it's remote, it's got no water, it's uh, got really complex mineralogy, it's valued at $1.5 billion dollars, uh, and it's in Argentina. Uh, now, I'm a great fan of Millet, and I think that Argentina might do really well. But you guys, shareholders, have done fantastically well already on this. So there may be other ways, to easier ways, to play the copper market from here. That's not to say that uh, NGX isn't a great group, um, a great company within a great group, and it's not to say that they're not going to make more discoveries. But, crikey, look at that. Okay, and they, they've got a fantastic technical presentation as well. And um, there's a lovely slide in there, slide 19, where they talk about where um, NGX talks about world-class discoveries and genera generational wealth creation. And they show that there's more to come uh, to get NGX up to the same valuation as Philo. I'm sure there is. 
uh, as I said, there are other ways, less challenging ways to play the market. Um, but uh, I mean, super, super work, super company, but let's move on. For example, here's a company which has got some really good um, drill results. They're not at altitude. They're not in the Andes. They've got plenty of water. They've got a um, market capitalization of 46 million. So, uh, I mean, just a just a fraction of the 1.5 billion that um, NGX has got. And it's called American Eagle. Share price has done very well. Thank you. I interviewed Chris, um, Charlie Gregg, the uh, consultant geologist kind of managing the, uh, overseeing the, 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 the work um, in April of this year. I was really impressed by the the style of mineralization, the fact that there are these kind of sheeted bornite dikes and that uh, he said that potentially if they could find an area where uh, they would see more of those dikes all put together, then you could put, then you could hang together some very large intercepts. And let's look at that title, uh, the headline. American Eagle intersects 302 meters of 1.09% copper equivalent, oof, within 600 meters of 0.74% copper equivalent. Right. Um... NAC 2317 intersected 302 meters. There we go. And it was collared 250 meters west of NAC 2311. Um, slight gripe. I couldn't really find it on this um, this map down here. So here's NAC 2311. I think that's that green dot there. Um, or maybe that green dot is part of the... Um, uh, that's a kind of... I'm, I'm not... Anyway, I'm not sure. But anyway, so... It's hard to see where 2317 is on the map that they've provided, but I think it's somewhere down here, off to the southwest of the Babine Porphyry stock. Now, uh, they also provide a technical presentation, and if you go through that, you can see that this chargeability boundary here is this edge of the Babine Porphyry, and there's a strange IP chargeability shoulder here. Now, the NAC 17, uh, 2317, came down the shoulder of or come, came down the edge of that shoulder, which may be why it's got such a uh, a long intercept. It might be oblique to the the mineralization rather than kind of a true uh, thickness. So it'll be really interesting to see what these uh, inter these holes intersect as they come down across this area here. I'm very much looking forward to that. And they don't have to be huge. They don't have to be 300 meters because this is shallow, and it's got good um, strike continuity. Um, so that's something really, really worth looking out for. But my goodness, really good intercept. I like the work they're doing. Uh, yes, tech have got 19% uh, of the company, but um, it's it's still all to play for. And I expect, uh, if you look at that share price, you, you look at that and think, oh, crikey, I'm too late to the party here. But the valuation at 46 million is extremely unchallenging. Um, and the other thing about this is that you can get to it quite easily. So for BC, the infrastructure is relatively simple. So good. Um, more. We like. Keep drilling. Keep putting out those results. Fantastic. Chase up the geophysics. It looks as if they're getting a handle on um, the uh, keying into the vectors of mineralization and keying into being able to reproduce um, good intercepts. So I'm very much looking forward to more results from American Eagle. American Pacific, um, on the other hand is a strange company. Every time I look at it, I kind of get slightly dizzy. If you try to work out what their projects are, they, they, they've got this kind of project generator approach and they're always running off in different directions and they get paid for the work they do by their 
um, funding partners. <clears throat> in the case of this news release, uh, which came out on the 10th of January, uh, American Pacific reports the most significant copper drilling sections to date at its Palmer VMS project, um, including 43.8 meters of 6.54% and uh, 23.9 meters of 9.03%. I'm not sure if that's my typo or their typo, but um, either way, it's a great, they're great hits. And those come in here into these blue um, uh, intercepts in here. These are the new ones that they're reporting off Merrill's pad. Uh, I struggle to get terribly excited about it um, because Dower Metals has got 53% of the project, I think, um, and they will dominate the economics. It's in the Yukon. I think the access is re relatively good and they've got uh, beautifully, I'm, I'm glad that they don't report the copper equivalent numbers because you can see you've got 6.5% of copper plus a bit of zinc plus a bit of gold um, and so on. Uh, who knows what the payability will be on the zinc? Obviously, zinc typically you only get about half of it out um, but at the end of the day or half of the value out because of payability and recovery issues. Um, but they are continuing to drill. It's a bit of a um, hybrid company because it's such a project generator. But congratulations to them. That looks like a, a really interesting new lens, which is uh, coming up and I'm sure will come out of the ground at some stage. It's too high grade not to. Good. Next. Um, Ivanhoe Electric. Right. Uh, my goodness. Um, remember, Ivanhoe Electric have got the uh, copper oxide project uh, Santa Cruz, which is just down the drag from um, Arizona Sonoran, who've also got a news release out this week. Um, they're trading at about nine times the value of um, Arizona Sonoran. Yes, Ivanhoe have got some other projects, and yes, they've got some proprietary um, IP, geophysical tech, um, which they think is going to change the world. But uh, I just look at the primary asset, which is Santa Cruz Copper, and I think, oh, this is um, valued at nine times the value of something which is more shallow and better, kind of closer to infrastructure and has got an old um, mining license um, just up the drag. So here we go. Um, the, the, it's got the, of course, it's got the mighty uh, Robert Friedland marketing machine behind it. Um, but Ivanhoe Electric provides an update on activities and it includes that they um, drilled 37 holes at for 2,500 meters. So those are deep old holes. Um, what's that? Kind of um, 800 meter holes, more or less. They're working towards a, a pre-feasibility study. Uh, so they're saying, hey, we're in the orphan period of our work and we're not going to deliver that and for another 18 months. Um, <clears throat> and they've hit some high-grade copper. Fine, 66 meters at 2.85 total copper. That's great. I wonder what this... Um, the acid soluble copper grade is because that'll be crucial um and they've done uh 14 drill holes at for almost fourteen thousand meters so these are 900 meter holes last year um they've, they're doing um step out mineralization at texaco ridge um and they've bought some more ground so you can see that they're on a kind of a three-month downward trend uh pretty much down to the share price they were when they listed I would expect the share price to continue to trend towards the valuation of Arizona Sonoran before um, it kind of it, it bottoms out. So they, they've got a long, long way to go down, in my opinion. But um, 
I'm always happy to be proved wrong by another success story. Right, Pacific Ridge Exploration. This has got a really bad case of publishing <laughs> um, mumbo-jumbo uh, copper equivalents, and they can't work out whether to do them in gold or in copper. Micro-market capitalization, $20 million. Uh, Canadian, so 15 more or less uh, US. They've hit 110 meters of bit of copper and gold within 456 meters of a bit of copper and gold and they've got the best mineral mineralized interval at Cleal. Now Cleal is uh, uh, up in remote British Columbia and we don't really know much about the geology but we've got this kind of vague um, uh, anomalous mass in here which is uh, an IP figure I believe and they've hit some more mineralization, and the grades are 0.2% copper, 27% copper, 1 gram gold. That's a great hit. That's a really good hit. 110 meters gram gold. That's super. That's the best mineralized interval of 2023, and no doubt that's a cracker. Um, hole 67 hit 57 meters of 0 0.22, 0 0.26. Uh, kind of it's in the low-grade BC porphyry category. Um Hole 69, hit 45 meters at 0.38% copper, 0.28 grams gold. So this is just kind of slightly better than your run of the mill um, BC porphyry. But um, it looks like hard yakka. Uh, and if they can vector in on the better and better mineralization, then I think this is going to improve the project significantly. Uh, look, it says uh, they've returned some of the best intervals ever reported and they've got now got a vector to help us target a high-grade porphyry center this year, higher grade. Um, great. I would love to understand what those vectors are. If um, Blaine Monaghan is prepared to come on and tell me about it, I could get a little bit more revved up. Um, but they don't describe what those vectors are at the present. But still, it's an unchallenging um, valuation. So if they've really got those vectors towards higher grades, and they can work towards that, that valuation is going to change for the better so good luck to them onwards and upwards right i spoke about arizona snoran with reference to ivanhoe electric uh, they put out a news release saying they've extended mineralization 205 meters below the existing cactus west mineral resource shell including 223 meters of 0.92 percent copper total continuous mineralization at cactus east the company reports drill assay results from Cactus West underneath the existing resource and Cactus East. Uh, nine holes for 55 meters, 5,500 um, 5, meters. Um, so that's what kind of 450, 500 meter um, uh, holes each supporting the 38 meter infill to measured and geotechnical drilling programs presumably they mean the drill spacing of 38 meters um although it's not clear from what's written they've got thick and high grade total copper and soluble copper intervals within cactus east oh there we go the 38 meter drill centers they do refer to drill centers here um and that's consistent that's good um right lots it's always a very very thick uh news release from arizona sonoran but George Ogilvy, his quote, the president and CEO says, infill to measured supports the MRE, good, 
bodes well for future updates, good. And visibility studies, yes. And at Cactus East, we're pleased to see more leachable mineralization to the northeast, representing potential future mineral resource growth. Good. Tick. Um, particularly intrigued by the deeper results from Cactus West, the new focus on the primary sulfides with our JV partner. Um, so basically, they've hit some sulfides underneath, and they're doing this joint venture with Newton. And Newton has got a potential magic box of tricks which will transform the leachability of sulfides the research that i've done on the leachability of hydrometallurgical progress on leaching sulfides is shows that things are inconclusive so i'll be very surprised if newton actually works but we do need to try because of course we need more copper going forwards um and you can see here there's a lovely cross-section of oxide enriched ore more infill work here and then underneath the primary let's hope that newton works i think don't hold your breath consider it upside if it does work rather than pricing into your valuation at these days but um good company doing good work um the resource is real it's a much much better value play than going for the same um uh, deposit deeper and further to the south southwest um in ivanhoe electric and they've um taken a beating for two years so they're entering real value territory so good luck george keep going and team right next vulcan minerals 16 million dollars micro um market capitalization a micro cap and it looks as like the shells have slightly given up the ghost in the last um two years you know ah they're kind of like they they're, they're done they're cooked vulcan minerals high grade copper intersected at mcneely zone in newfoundland this is um the the, the map the website the news release it all feels very parochial it's kind of my first powerpoint or um look we did this um website in the late 1990s the mineralization is fine you know 15 meters at 1.21 percent copper and a half gram gold that's a good hit um and 13 and a half meters of one and a half percent copper and almost one gram gold that's a really really good hit these they've got stringer disseminated locally semi-massive sulfide zones containing chalcopyrite with variably pyrite pyrotite and minus phalerite this is a classic vms style target or vhms volcanic hosted uh massive sulfide uh it, they're on newfoundland there's no cross-section with the uh, with the news release, there's a bit of a map. Uh, there's an old mine around here. Uh, keep going. More cross-sections. More reliance on people to help you draft your uh, news release and make your website look more professional. Let's do it. Let's do it. Onwards and upwards. Uh, Pan Global Resources. Really interesting company, this. Market capitalization of $50 million. Uh, they had a nice ride up into 2022 and then it's been kind of a year and a half of a beating really almost two years of share price coming all the way back down tim moody the ceo class act um pan global drills 1.48 percent copper 0.65 grams per ton gold and a little bit of silver over 6.8 meters and then in a second intersection 2.6 grams gold over eight meters at cañada onda in spain the deep cañada the pre-news uh, release headlines also show that there's strong potential to expand mineralization to the east and the west, and that there's a gravity target at Cañada Onda, which extends over two kilometers. And you could see that here in this lovely map, two kilometers right out to here, 
plenty of run room. Um, the the company produces very neat uh, cross sections, which are helpful. And you can see it's got these sulfide zones here. Interestingly, steeper dipping here than the conductors were shown in the geophysics. I'm sure I'll be able to speak to Tim at some stage and understand why, but uh, it's just a, a curiosity. Uh, these are mineable widths, 8 meters, 14 meters, and mineable grades. You know, um, in, at the end of the day, if you can recover both the gold and the copper, um, that is kind of rock that's valuable enough or rich enough to warrant development and um, extraction costs as long as you can find enough. So that's what they're aiming to do as they explore this trend down here. And remember, this is just uh, Kanyada Onda. And to the south here, <clears throat> south um, of Kanyada Onda, you've got the uh, La Romana, the Roman uh, target as well, which is being drilled out. And that has got tin in it. So um, what does Tim say? He says, he says, these are the highest grade drill intercepts to date and an encouraging start to the follow-up drill program that started in November. Good. Tick. Excellent potential to expand the copper and gold mineralization and identify areas of higher grade at this new discovery. And they've just raised $6 million. Um, so they are, they're flying. Well, they should be. I mean, the share price isn't, but I expect that they're going to have a good year. So um, well done, Tim. Congratulations, team. And onwards and upwards. Go explorers. Right. We come now to B Metals Corp the last uh, interview, the last company of the, uh, sorry, the last the last results and he's released to look at. Now, if you look at uh, B-Metals Corp, it's got a micro-market capitalization. It's got a disaster of a, um, of a five-year share price. It's just been kind of hemorrhaging value. It's, it's another incarnation of the um, B2 Gold, Beamer, um, Beamer Gold. It's that team. It's Clive Johnson and crew. Um, John Wilton's the president and the CEO, but if you look on the uh, on the management team or the kind of the board of directors, it's all the same. The same crew. They've got a fantastic track record of delivering value over time. So this is kind of a. Um, it looks like a kind of a slightly forgotten child of theirs. Uh, they've been chasing gold in Japan for a number of years. In fact, if you go to the website, as I did uh, before reading this news release, I thought I'd, I'd just find out a bit about B metals. I watched a five-minute um, five video on the homepage about all the great gold projects in Japan. And so I watched that. I thought, oh, that's really interesting. And then I came to the news <laughs> release, and it's a copper project in Zambia. So they're coming back to their African roots. Um, uh, the, the, the B team, um, the A team at the B team, if you know what I mean, uh, they've got had lots of track record of success in Africa. Here they come back in Zambia, um, back in Africa in Zambia, and they've hit uh, 18 meters at 0.7% copper, which is a good hit. The previous ones are kind of mixed bag, kind of relatively small, thin areas and um, uh, some lower grade material, but also some encouraging stuff. So they've got, they're onto something here. It's probably not enough to drive uh, a step change or a uh, a turnaround in the metal prices, uh, sorry, in the share price, but it all really does kind of um, point to a regrouping uh, of this company. They've just raised two million dollars. Uh, I would like to see what how they're going with their vectors and what the exploration targets are here. I'd like to learn more about this 
um, and I'd like to uh, understand how it's going to manage its Japanese and its Zambian um, ambitions as well. So all in all, some stellar results uh, in the week starting the 8th of January. Uh, not all of those stellar results mean stellar value is there for the investor, um, but there is certainly value uh, in this selection. So uh, I hope you've enjoyed the, the run through. That's it from me for now. Goodbye.